0: I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hey, mamas, welcome to the show today. And you are in for a treat today with my very special guest. But before I introduce her, I want to make sure that you have signed up for the three-day free live Moms and moms of Tweens and Teens training. It's such a mouthful. <laughs> and the topic is Building a Strong Relationship with Your Tween and Teen, the Crash Course on Conflict, Communication, and Connection. And it kicks off Wednesday, February 3rd at 12 noon Central Standard Time. And... I would love for you to come live. If you can't, you'll still get the replay, so just know that. But if you can come live... It's a wonderful time where I get to connect with you, but you get to connect with other moms and you get to hear me too. And it can be so encouraging and reassuring because so often we feel like we're the only ones, like we're failing or we're going crazy or something's wrong with our kid. But when you come to the live, you're going to hear so many moms that are raising their hand and they're saying, yes, I'm dealing with this too. And I also do a QA at the end for about 10 or 15 minutes so you can a- you can ask questions so to find out more you can go to the website moms of tweens and Teens.com, and then there'll be there's a drop down that comes onto the website and you can register there It's going to be awesome so let's jump in to our show today and I am talking with Kim Lorreen now Kim is a mother of Of eight, and she is also a writer and the director of the film Selfless. And this is a beautiful film to watch with your kids. It captures what it is like for teenagers to live in a digital age and how phones or the lack thereof can affect their lives. And Kim is also the founder of Fresh Independent Productions and an advocate for youth and families at risk. So let's jump in. Kim, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to interview you and about your movie Selfless. And I want to open it up and just ask you why Selfless?
1: Well, that's a loaded question, but uh, one I'm always up for, you know, really, uh, selfless is a creation uh, with my daughter, Megan and myself, she's in her late 20s. And uh, we both looked around us and we just really became concerned looking around to see heads down faces not engaged in one another. And it just really made me wonder where are we leading the next generation with this behavior? And ultimately, ultimately what are we reaching for? And I started thinking about it and Gen Z has never known a life without their iPhones in their hands, internet or social networks. And I thought, wow. And then you look around and you see as the family therapist in the film, Dr. Curry points out that the experiments ongoing right now, our kids are guinea pigs and most of us don't even know we're in it. So again, it's, you know, where are we leading the next generation I'm concerned, you know, and ultimately, what are we all reaching for? So that was where the idea came from. You know, we need to do something. What I love about your film, so many things, which I was
0: talking to you before we we uh, hit record, it's beautiful, the stories. And you do this beautiful job of mixing in different people's stories, and then the experts and how it's affecting our culture. You had the brain, even talk about the brain development, which I found was fascinating. Boys, teen boys, that was like, wow, to hear what they had to say was so... um, just interesting. And my 21 year old daughter was like, I never knew that boys felt that way that they actually would, would put a picture up on Instagram and not get enough likes and take it off and then put it up there again. I mean, that was so good for her to hear. And so so many good conversations. What would you say to our listeners, if you had to talk about like the main themes of the of the film?
1: Well, that's great that the, the subjects resonated with both you and your daughter. And, and that was the beauty of it all. We just connected with people that, you know, that made this beautiful story and brought all these great messages. And I guess when I think about what we were trying to do is, you know, we, we were moved by the notion that something just doesn't feel right. And you, you see that with Kira in there. She often would say something, you know, something doesn't feel right. She's the girl that was um, battling with uh, leukemia. And uh, so we thought, you know, why don't we place more value on that which we feel? And, and we saw that with um, the Warburton's uh, Simeon, the father, you know, he talks about how something just doesn't feel right. And so many people, you know push push that and think oh that's just new ragushi or whatever but i think we were gifted with the sense of um, you know perception and you know different senses that help us go through life so we really wanted people to stop and think about that you know how how does everything going on make you feel and if you don't feel right then perhaps something isn't right in the way things are because truly communications falling away for youth and and families you know they're really struggling they're all together under a roof yet they're off on their own screen somewhere else and the gift of human touch it's falling away and and we don't even realize that we're becoming now and we're coming into a time now where we we think it's okay to live the way we're living and and uh, often our kids don't They don't even know the way it was when we were growing up Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, they're losing that. And it's this sense of, oh, this is just a normal way to live. It, It isn't. We're really losing some of those gifts. So there's no quick fix to all of it. But what we thought when we started is we said, if we can do anything, let's get people to become more present in the moment again. Enjoy what's around them. Look up. Look up be Mm -hmm. present in the moment, Mm -hmm. because life is precious, don't miss it. And we're missing so many things. So that was sort of the main message of the film.
0: I love what you said about the feelings part, because we know this, right? We know this in our head. But it was so interesting to me, when the kids had the forum where they could really talk openly. Yeah. With one another about how they're being impacted from yeah. on a heart level, yeah. And then the girls were talking about dating. And then who who was the girl? I can't think of her name that was leading that discussion.
1: With oh, the Curly, uh, Brittany Jesse. She's a backup singer for Leon Bridges. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but his music's great. And uh, yeah, Brittany was leading that. Oh well, she was super cool, and
0: yeah. and and they were all opening up and. And just how even the the dating culture of it's all through texts and yeah. and they're talking about that and how they're posting, and even how girls were saying, "I get a little bit more attention if I unbutton my shirt one more notch." you know, and how but that's not they were saying that's not really the attention that they really want. yeah, so I felt like the movie had so much um compassion mixed yeah. into it it wasn't like this judgment and this you know it just was this let's look at this and let's talk about this and let's talk about how we feel and then through that then you could see the kids were wanting to change it which yeah. that was i have never seen that when it's come to talking about technology that it was it was on such a hurt level yeah um just beautifully done
1: yeah yep. yeah it 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 really uh that was our intention to go in through the heart you know we're dealing with addictions here and i always believe that in life we need to walk through making conscious choices purposeful steps you know that's how we we know where we're headed and 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 how we're trying to get there i just think with heads down people are addicted even us adults you know we're addicted at times to our technology. We wanted people when they watch the film, we wanted to go in at the heart and make it open up. And then people actually look up for a moment and they go, wow, what was that? Because we're not working at a heart level anymore. And um, they go, wow. And then you're like, "Oh, great! Your heads up. Now we can start having a conversation." And that's that was really um, one of the motivations. There is, you know, it's such a simple concept, and maybe even sounds cheesy to some people. But when you said going in at a heart level, um, that that's so important, you know, and and that's being lost. And um, to connect with people in that way, when I do uh, different education conferences and speaking with counselors. Um, the importance, you can never overemphasize the importance of human touch of laying your your hand on someone or when they're in a troubled time to really get down and speak with them. Because we found that going into some different classroom situations that, you know, oftentimes there's some really sad stuff going on in a, in a young person's life, but nobody knows that because everything in social media, for the most part is on the surface. And, And what we did is, Before we went into any classroom situation, we had the students uh, write a, a bio for us. So privately, they shared it with us. And it just helped us to understand better, you know, where where they're coming from, and you know, what their situation is. And I can tell you, there was so much sadness in the lives of these kids. And you did not see that on a surface level in the classroom. And every you saw many happy faces in there. And so I was very surprised by that. And um, and the stories that some of them shared with us, I was so surprised at, at what these young people are losing, you know, it's, it's just sad. But Overall, we went into schools of privilege, and we went into schools with very high risk behaviors going on. And we heard the same repeated message of loneliness in the social media age. So it, um, it's real, we, we heard it firsthand from the kids, and, it, and it's very real. It's touching
0: kids on all, all levels, no matter where they're going to school, where they live, yeah. when they're connected. The, and the depression, the anxiety, yeah. and that was talked about. And I thought that was really interesting with the brain development, that it's actually getting in the way with the prefrontal cortex of developing that compassion and that empathy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Kids, kids are, are, are not getting that. And, you know, then you take it further with the video gaming and, you know, dating online, so many so many kids are what they call dating, and they're not even together, you know, so all these things combined. And then you look at how our children are sleep deprived, Um, they're not getting that essential restorative sleep that we need, you know, to rebuild in the night, you know, they're sleeping with devices under their pillows at their bedside notifications going off all the time. And uh, so it's affecting them in so many ways. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, something parents should be alarmed about, you know, and when we were making the film, um, well, researching before we, we went through statistics, and, and they were very alarming. We looked at anxiety. And when I do workshops, that's the number one thing I hear is anxiety is through the roof. It It's a word that I hear way, way, way too much. And you have to wonder why when we live in a time when we have everything. Mm -hmm. And depression has more than doubled since we grew up. And you have to, again, wonder why. Um, So then we started looking at, you know, how, you know, what are the behaviors kids are using? So you go to the apps that they're using. So take Instagram. They put up over, we asked them, they put up over 100 million posts every 24 hours. Snapchat puts up over $3.5 billion every 24 hours, and TikTok, that's rising faster than anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be a micro-celebrity, um, and it's addicting for them. But I just thought, wow, you know, when I started thinking about it, that's a lot of time spent in these places, valuable time that is being wasted. So I, that's how we started looking for kids that were doing positive things, is we we thought you know what if kids took a little bit of that time because sure they have fun doing some of these things it's not that we're against any of that it's just that the you know the seesaw is so tilted now Um, And, you know, imagine an impact they could make on issues in their own community if they they put some things into that. So those numbers are staggering. But even more alarming was the, you know, the fact that four out of 10 of our girls are uploading sexually explicit photos to these places. Mm -hmm. And that just really gave me a big gulp in my throat because these poor girls, for the most part, don't understand what they're doing or what it is they're actually Mm -hmm. reaching Mm -hmm. for. And then I thought about 98% of our boys are experiencing their sexual awakening there. It's not the natural flowering that that one might generally have that, you know, it's healthy, it's inquisitive, um, it's curious, but everything's just gone, you know, full tilt, and it's just not healthy. If if anything, this is a pandemic, this is worldwide, and it's everywhere. And it's affecting all of us in in some way. And it has the potential to really take us down as a, as a society. Yeah, that's a sobering
0: thing and the scary thing. And then Mm -hmm. you balance that with hope. And you have, I think, like eight kind of Messages that are woven in there—is it seven or eight? But what are your main hope messages? Because I walked away really feeling, even the the music at the—I mean, the music throughout—and then—and then then Kooky—is that how you're saying name Kooky and Izzy? And wow, I went to—I liked their Facebook (laughs) and their Instagram. They're so and that they're free. You just feel the freedom that they experience and their creativity. And that was very inspiring. I think and yeah. got kids to think about that are watching the film. Like, yeah. oh, wow, you know, I really am a slave to this. And how can I be more free, break free of this? But anyway, so what would you say are the hope messages that you have woven into this movie?
1: Well, I love that you brought up the Warburton's Kooky and Izzy and, and the soundtrack. Music has always played a big part in my life. I used to do music videos and write for music. And, and so it's it's something that's always inspired me. And I knew it would play a big part in this film. And it was interesting because the Warburton family, we we connected with them. I always say the powers that be, you know, brought us all together, aligned the stars and Kuki and Izzy are musicians. Um, and they had, um, a record they were releasing and they live off the grid in the hills of Devon, England. And at the time uh, my daughter and I, we had a little music blog. It was nothing big, but you know, we love doing it. And somehow in this big world, they found from way over there, our little music blog here in Canada. And so I remember Megan saying when she heard their music, mom, it just makes me feel happy. And so they were always in the back of our minds. And, and uh, when we, when we started thinking about you know all these stats and there's no way we can possibly impact this we thought okay we're going to push away the doom and gloom create a project which offers hope and so we were out in a walk one day and we said to each other okay if a girl lived in the forest she had no mirrors magazines or social media what would beautiful look like to her and how would she see herself and then right away we both said that's kooky then we remembered her from her her music so we said, you know what? Let's let's hit them up and see if they're just interested to talk to us. And you know, it's interesting because, as I said, they live off the grid. Uh, they live in a, a bender or a yurt, as some call it. Um, it's very remote, and they're a really beautiful family, very eccentric. And some people might think, oh, you're pushing off grid living. We aren't. It was we just really wanted to experience a life different to what we had here in in our noisy world, and we wanted to know, you know what it's like for them. they You see in the film, they have a Wi-Fi box. They turn it mm-hmm. off and on when they need it. Um, the difference is they're not slaves to technology. It works for them. All the music you hear in the film from them was recorded in their off-grid recording studio. So that's a great use of technology. And if they need to send an email, sometimes it takes us longer with their connection, but, you know, they get it out there and, and uh, they receive ours, so... So we love that they weren't slaves to technology, it works for them, not the other way around. So it was a great place to start. And and that's why um, we really like the Warburton's and they, we go back and forth to them in the film, because, um, you know, they were a great contrast to the way we live. And what we really ended up appreciating about them is that they look to one another for their connections they're not looking Mm Kuki's a normal teenage girl you Mm -hmm. know and she does take her scooter and go into town and she is part of civilization so it's not that they live some weird life they just choose this solace and and their connection together so we really love that when you talk about the other messages is um we just started looking in positive places and i just always like to say it's like These people found us, the story found us, and and we were just open to that. And we just had conversations and explored um, the journeys that these people were on. The one that I really love is Beauty is Felt Not Seen. Josh is visually impaired, and he helps us to see through his eyes that beauty's felt not seen. And that's what we really want um, people to think about you know, that you're worth more than what you're posting on a social page or what someone thinks is beautiful. Then we had little Ryan from Ryan's Recycling. He uh, helped us to really see that we should never take more than we give from the earth. And uh, Ryan, uh, he he delivers that beautifully. He was born with that in him. You know, his parents are there to help him, you know, do what he can while he's young. But it, it's pretty beautiful thing to see. Um, then we have happiness is found helping others. Patricia, she mm-hmm. uh, has a lot of mental health Uh, issue she was bullied Um, her family moved here to uh, to America Um, she just really got to the point that she was suicidal but what I loved about Patricia is she shared so much of her writing with us she journals she does spoken poetry so it's a way for kids and anyone really to to value you know Pull out that's inside of you you know and and share it with the world and and let that be your therapy and and then she started a service program, and she she says today this is what saves me, she says, getting out there and helping others. And that's what we want kids to know, get outside of yourself, step past your own self, and realize that you're needed out there. And when you do that, it gives you that purpose in life. And then we had Kira, who's, um, she's battling leukemia, and she's battling for something more than popularity. It's her life. And she just helps you to see that life is precious and not to miss it. And um, I just love the stories in there. We I just think they all came together beautifully. And the reason that um, I explained a little bit about each of them is I think that's what, as parents, we should really be focusing on, you know, implementing these values into our kids and, you know, continue to um, plant those seeds with them. So they're thinking past something than just what this um, throwaway society in social media is telling them. So I say work really hard at planting those seeds, watering them, nurturing them, pluck out the weeds as they're growing, and then watch that beautiful garden grow for your child what what they can give back to the world. Yes.
0: I actually wrote a, a technology book and it's the SOS Guide to uh, Navigating Your Tween and Teens Technology. Mm-hmm. And I have like conversation starters in there and a lot of it is on talking to your kid about how they feel which yeah. we don't often do just, you know, how are you feeling when you're, when you're on Instagram, you know, how do you feel? And like starting that to help our kids to become more self-aware yeah. a- of how it's impacting them as well and be able to talk about it. Yeah. Um, or what do you do when you see somebody being bullied to ask, yeah. you know, how do you respond to that? So you ask a lot of those important questions in the film
1: and so. what it, what does loneliness really mean can a can a young person identify that it's not someone who doesn't have as many followers as the next it could be that person sitting mm-hmm. on the bench in the mm-hmm. schoolyard that mm-hmm. truly is alone and so they need that empathy and compassion and uh when you become very narcissistic and narcissism's at the height of its existence mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. um you 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 lose that and and uh that doesn't serve anyone well
0: yeah yeah Dr. Dave Curry, he talked at the end of the film, right when the music was coming up, and they were all like dancing and Kuki uh, was like going through the forest. I just loved it um, about how the danger, and I'm paraphrasing him here, moves towards a growing depression, a deep dissatisfaction of who I am. So I grow alone, isolated, and I go miles of away from who I was created to be, that's the danger of the digital world. And um, I I took a few things out of that because I was trying to type it quick. But um, I thought a deep dissatisfaction of who I am yeah. That that's powerful and that's really sad. We don't want our kids to miss out on who they their worth and their value and who they uniquely are created to be. Yeah. Uh, but and, and technology, that's the danger.
1: Yeah.
0: With technology.
1: Yeah. You know what worries me the most is when I created selfless, I felt this was a story placed on my heart to find wings to fly. I've spent decades three plus raising a large family and so that that was something really important that I was called to do and you know raising up these souls to to be good people in the world but I knew that there was more for me and and for some reason this story was placed on me in this very small town that I live in um you know to 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 have the confidence to reach out to people. Well, I think we're each born with a gift inside, waiting to shine light on the world. And my my greatest fear when, you know, you say who we were created to be is that people, and especially our young people, will miss this gift that their story that's within them. It's waiting to shine light on the world. And when you're walking around with your heads down, your, your, your heart's folded over, you know, your screen, you know, you need to let your light shine and if you're not you're not looking up and present in the moment you might miss that story and that's what I just think what a difference we could make in the world if we all you know brought the gifts that we have and shared them with one another and you know put them out in the world what a difference we could make and what a valuable you know time spent valuable time spent rather than constantly you know chasing something inside of technology. Technology is a great tool, but again, it has to work for us, not the other way around. And yeah. I love
0: that because it's not just put your phone down. It's, it's that we want to help our kids to move towards what, you know, what their gifts and their talents and their uniqueness and, and serving others and all of those positive things like move towards versus just having your face down. Sorry, my dog's in his bones. (laughs) That's okay. He's having a a good time. He's a big standard poodle, and he found (laughs) I get these big bag of bones, and he's he's got making all this noise. (laughs) So, what would you just say as we end? What would you say? What could the parents one one thing that you feel that parents could do? And we kind of discussed it, but is there anything else?
1: Well, one one thing I was thinking about is um, we're being called to action more than ever before as parents, and um, we have to hold the line and, and this begins when our children are young, you know. I tell parents, don't be filming every move that your child makes, because you're encouraging them to feel that they're the center of the world. And of course, they're the center of our world in our home, but they're not the center of the universe. So here starts the narcissistic behavior. So We, you know, we really need to think about what our own actions are, you know, we, none of us are, are wanting to taint our children, but it's, it's things from our own behaviors that are going forward to the kids. And then I say, be brave and strong and, and make rules in your house and stick to them. And, and, and don't be afraid if you're not your child's best friend, because you are, you are protecting them and don't ever allow screens in the bedroom ever, ever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because, you know, the things that we learned in the film and I share a lot more in the workshops on that level um, about what's, what our kids are losing as a result of, you know, this courage behind a screen, it's not good. And then I think we also have to understand we're dealing with something that has the potential to harm our child you know, again, I'm not anti-technology, but we don't give our kids the car keys at 16 and say, oh, you know, go have a ball. You know, we have to to train them up to understand that this is a weapon they're dealing with that, you know, they need Mm -hmm. to be able to use it responsibly. And again, the internet's a great tool when used properly, but it has the potential to harm our children. And um, we, you know, we need to understand that, face it, the internet is at times like a snake, silently slithering through claiming souls one click at a time. And you can't unsee things once you've seen them, you know, it's mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. And I, I just say we're living in a time when our youth have endless freedom at their fingertips and parents are feeling helpless. And um, I just say, don't be again. Be afraid to set the rules in your home. Stick to them. I've struggled with my own kids. You know, like I said, parenting eight eight kids. <laughs> I don't know, but I survived. We survived. Um, But when I think about that, people will often ask me at workshops, you know, what's the difference in parenting older to younger through the generations? Uh, My oldest is 40. And so we always worried when he left the home, would he try drinking or smoking, you know, those kind of things. But our youngest, who's now 20, she, I worried What she was doing home alone in her room on a screen, like I said, you don't, they shouldn't have screens in their bedroom. So was she safer under the confines of our own roof? Not necessarily, you know, like you have to really understand, you know, and and we can't have blind faith in our children that they're going to make the right choices. I mean, this is a very powerful thing that they're coming up against. And I just say, with so much darkness in the world, it has the potential to seep into your home and, and destroy your family. And um, Mm -hmm. I just say that uh, we need to be aware and always on guard and hold the line because this is not for the faint hearted parenting in this new generation.
0: Yes. It's always tough, yes. but it's
1: especially yes. tough
0: now. Yes. Thank you for saying that because I think it's really important that they know, even if your kid is angry, the one I think is a Chris, uh, the one that was bullied online and she said her parents were strict. They didn't give her a phone for a very yeah. long time. And she said, I was really mad, but then now I'm thankful. Yeah. We have to remember that right now they won't like it, yeah, but I believe, you know, having older kids too, the things that they didn't like me very much about that were good for them. They thank me now, but
1: in exactly. the moment, they yeah. don't like it. And I'm sure you can attest to that. Having eight kids, so yeah. And one other thing I wanted to touch upon because this is a reality for parents is, I mean, I I was as strict as I I could be. You know, like I I felt like I tried to have a lot of of accountability. So my youngest ones, I said, okay, no cell phone until you're driving, you know, and you're graduating, and you need it for safety out in the road. Well, if my youngest one didn't, I feel bad saying this, but if she didn't um, get out with her friends sneaking, someone gave her an old device, so she was doing everything. And so I thought, okay, what's worse, you know, her having technology or her lying to us? So that that's a real. like, that's, that's serious. That's, that's real life. That's what's happening for a lot of parents. So that's something that I really talk about in workshops as well is, you know, that's why it's so important to plant the seeds and make sure your child has that mindset to want to do better, and, and have that respect and accountability for themselves, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we can't police every moment. And I, I have, Pretty good kids, you know. Like, I, and mm-hmm. it's in and they still they felt that need to fit in. And yeah, bless their hearts. But um, yeah, they want to belong. There's a lot of pressure on us too.
0: If you don't give them a phone, then worrying they're not going to fit in. Yeah. And uh, so there's pressure on parents too to give their kids phones at younger ages.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been to various cities across America and Canada and. Uh, I just, you know, I hear some parents say, you know, like, help, help. And then other parents, a a few are like, I don't understand what the problem is. And then I look and I think, well, you know, are you using this as a babysitter? You know, is it Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't know, we just have to, you can't point fingers at anyone, none of us are perfect in our parenting. But we really, we've never been called before to stand so tall and strong for our kids and advocate um, values and virtues for them. And Dr. Dave Curry is so amazing in the film. And I have more mm-hmm. footage. Again, that I'm not trying to push workshops at people, but there was so much stuff that we could not get it all in this film. And the things that he brings up that I can share with people, um, you know, he he asks, "What is sacred in this world anymore?" And it's something that our children need to to hear. So yeah. Anyway, Yeah, yeah.
0: it's great. We could talk about it for a long time. So I want you to share with me. You said you'd share about the workshop so I can put that all in and promote the movie because sit down with your kids, watch it, use it as discussion points. My daughter's going to use it with her. Her group, she has a, she's a junior in college and she has a, I was telling you before we got on here, a a group of girls that come in and it's like a body image accountability group and they talk about the pressures and social media. And I said to her, you got to use this film because it just gets you talking about even what it means to, you know, what it means to respect yourself. And, and, um, so yeah, there's I just highly recommend it. Thank you for making this beautiful film and just tell everybody where they can where they can find it.
1: Well, you know, um we're an independent project so it took a while to um get all that sorted, but I'm happy to say now that uh um, it's on platforms pretty much everywhere. Uh, we are with Passion River Films, but if you go to selflessmovie.com, uh, you can see all the places that you can rent it. Uh, you can purchase it. We have education licenses for schools and universities, and currently we're offering offering a really special deal for churches because we want we want this to be seen by um, families everywhere, and, and it's a great place for them to be able to share it with their community. So yeah, there's go to selflessmovie.com. It's all there. And uh, just reach out if you have any questions. Uh, My daughter Megan or myself is easily accessible.
0: Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Kim, for coming on and sharing all of this with us. And it's it's just been a pleasure.
1: Okay, thanks, Cheryl. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm so happy that you joined me today and I also have some exciting news to share with you. We have a three-day free live training that is starting on Wednesday, February 3rd at 12 noon to 1pm. And it also runs on Thursday, the 4th at the same time and the 5th. And the topic is building a strong relationship with your tween and teen, the crash course on conflict, communication and connection. And in this workshop, I'm going to teach you powerful steps that you can take to deal with disrespect set boundaries that work, and communicate in ways that will build a strong relationship and help your tween and teen to thrive. So just head on over to momsoftweensandteens.com slash free training to get signed up. Well, have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you back here next time.